Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for it. Hi, hi, and welcome. I'm Classy. And I'm Nick. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's uh, Sunday that we're recording. I understand it'll yes. be coming out Wednesday, but... <laughs> And thanks for joining us on Takada, <laughs> variety talk show where we talk about anything and nothing at all, and hopefully get you talking too. <laughs> Indeed, we're already off to a weird start, but that's all good. Yeah. So, uh, how's how's your week been? Um. Well, this week is especially interesting because even though you guys won't be hearing this until what February? <laughs> until Wednesday. Until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um. It is Christmas and my birthday week, so mm-hmm. it was good. It was, uh, I only worked like two and a half days this week, and then I was off, and, and now I'm off all next week, and it was nice. It was Christmas was chill. Um, Christmas Eve, um, we did a Zoom meeting with my 86-year-old grandma and like my, oh, in okay. my 60s uh, aunt, and then my 70s 80s uh year old great aunt Hmm. and uh oh my gosh even trying to teach them how to leave a zoom call was interesting (laughs) and and so finally my cousin because my cousin was on there and my sister were on there um and my cousin eventually was just like okay i'm just gonna kick him out (laughs) and she was like (laughs) she's like bye and then like kicked him out of the meeting (laughs) because they couldn't figure it out so yeah i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit because i didn't learn how to leave a zoom meeting until i don't know like two weeks ago what i had done instead is i would just close the app but there was a giant red button that says end or leave or whatever not on so i i i use it on the ipad and the ipad the only interface you have unless you you know you tap something is just everyone's face so on an iPad, at least, uh, you have to actively look for that leave button. Okay. Yeah, shutting things off. Well, shutting, closing things always seemed a lot easier to me, so I just closed it. But whatever. It's all good. Yeah. How was your week? It was pretty good. Uh, I uh, didn't really do anything. Oh, you know, actually, before I go into my week, I was going to ask you, since you're saying uh, you have like next week off and everything, what are you going to do with it? Just uh, stick around or watch something or what? Um, yeah, so I plan to get back on my diet, um, and really start going hard on that again and get back into a workout routine. Um, however, I think I had a stress fracture in my foot. Um, yeah, because it's been bothering me, like, it was really hurting for a while there, and now it's slowly gotten better, I think, from lack of use so much, but Mm. when I'm standing streaming a lot of the time it will start to hurt towards you know like the end of stream and whatnot because it's just like i'm standing on it the whole time so i need to like come up with like multiple different things need to happen here right like i need to (laughs) plan my diet and exercise routine and slowly get back into that so i'm not putting too much stress on my body but then also i need to um switch between standing and sitting more on stream because i i never sit on stream and especially as i'm starting to go longer now that i'm getting my like streamer legs back you know (laughs) (laughs) literally yeah (laughs) um 
I need to figure out how to like naturally go in between standing and sitting more so that I'm not putting so much stress on my body. But yeah. Standing around can really take it out of you. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, well, I move around a lot at my job, but I'm standing the entire day. And um, especially like on my lower back, it can really hurt. Uh, and my old job, I, the reason I bring up my old job is because I was running at the time and I got, I, I think it was plantar fasciitis or something. It was just one of those temporary things where your feet really are killing you anytime you walk. And that lasted a long time because I didn't really do anything to fix it. But once I started, you know, I stopped running for one that helped, but also like I took, um, uh, a Coke bottle, like the little plastic one with all the contours on it, filled it with water and then just stuck in the freezer overnight. And then I would just roll my foot on that, uh, when I was watching TV or something that really helped a lot. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And then my birthday, I forgot to talk about my birthday too. Oh, sure. yes. Um, so, uh, we made my roommates and then the couple of friends that come over, um, basically every Saturday night who we've seen all throughout the pandemic and we've it's like our little pod, right? Like we've been really careful not oh, yeah. to. It's your uh, your board gaming folks. Yeah. Um. So they came over and we had a uh, breakfast for dinner because that's <laughs> my favorite and uh funfetti cake and we played um what the new choose your own adventure board game the house of danger one. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we started that. We didn't finish it, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's actually not as fun as the um other one the one that you gifted me <laughs> like the first one there's actually like a lot of sexual innuendo that you can make <laughs> in the first one and it's pretty jokey and fun and just kind of like we had a good time with it and there were a lot of oh, different yeah. voices we could do and that sort of thing this one you're just playing a singular character really and you meet some people along the way but not at least not a bunch yet and mm-hmm. um and there's not as it's not as jokey of a storyline like they kind of make some jokes here and there but it's just not as um innuendo-y <laughs> so, yeah it definitely doesn't seem as campy as something that's based off of uh flash gordon would be yeah yeah it's yeah. definitely not so but um it's almost kind of like they're trying to base it a little bit off of house of danger like um Oh, it was that movie with John Candy um, where he played all the different characters like and Dan Aykroyd played the judge and... Oh my god, you're talking nothing but trouble? Nothing but trouble. Oh my god, if it was like that, that ugh. would be fantastic. What? Why do you go, was, ugh? That movie was... I did not like that movie. <laughs> oh my god. So I actually love that movie for how campy and just like ridiculous it is yeah yeah i'll give you that it is definitely ridiculous with uh dan Aykroyd with the penis nose for yeah. the entire movie yeah which is like oh that's that's and when people think i'm like oh ha ha, ha it's no it lit it is a it is a modeled penis on his nose prosthetic nose penis yeah the entire movie <laughs> yeah <sighs> but you don't see the judge all that much throughout the movie i mean like you do and you don't, right? There are definitely yeah. some scenes where you see the judge, but um, I, I love that like Humpty Dumpty or whatever <laughs> the artist, and then Tupac was in it too. I'm pretty sure, like he was like a background person in it. Oh yeah, um, that would make sense if he was part of a CNC, CNC Music Factory. Well, the whatever 
Digital Underground. He was part of, yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, Tupac made an appearance in that. And then, yeah, like that movie was just, it was so crazy. But I kind of loved it. So I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I haven't seen it in at least 17 years. And I just remember being highly disturbed by it when I saw it. So maybe if I watched it now. I would like it better, but I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, it's a disturbing movie, but yeah, it's 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 so campy that I find it hilarious. I don't know. Well, that's cool. I'm never going to judge someone for liking a movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because there's been a lot of that going on lately uh, on the internet because Wonder Woman came out and people are like, you like it or you don't like it? It's like, it's okay to just like a movie or not. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's one of those things where it's just like people are just, uh, it's okay, dude. It's fine. We'll actually get into that when we do this movie because I liked this movie. I just don't think it was anything super amazing or great, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but, but for, hmm? but let's not talk about that yet. Right. Right. We're not going to talk about that yet because what we're going to talk about, uh, what I'm going to selfishly talk about before we get into our question is uh, just to mention with my week uh nothing too much has gone on but what is what was interesting and uh what i was going to ask you about is my work is doing like a, a wellness challenge kind of thing it's totally voluntary and totally low-key it's not no pressure whatever and there's like a whole bunch of things in there saying like you don't have to do anything you know that sort of thing so it's it's very good but the first challenge for all of january is to drink eight cups of water or um Eight glasses is what it says. Like we got a definition of glasses, eight ounces. So basically, drink sixty-four ounces of water every day throughout January. Well, so and when they say eight cups, they mean actually eight cups, because eight ounces isn't a cup. So yes. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I was. Uh, I had to get clarification on that because I was just like, I don't know. What if I just use shot glasses? Then it's only sixteen ounces, and I can for sure do that. Um, where I'm getting stuck on this is. I know I could drink 64 ounces of water a day. I just really don't want to. I I don't like... Okay, water is fine in small in small doses. I like water. I'll drink like a good 20, 25, 30 ounces of that a day. And I know I'm not going to count Coke when I drink soda. That's not going to count. My ethical quandary that I was going to ask you about is, for example, right now, I'm drinking 20 ounces of, of hot tea, 20 ounces of water with a tea bag that was in it. Can I count that? Um, it, that depends on who you talk to, right? Because it depends uh -huh. on if the tea has caffeine in it or not, because then people see it as a diuretic. Um, however, you talk to disembodied hand and he's like, liquid is liquid. So. Okay. Yeah. That's what I felt because like, again, For as the I most said, part, you know, because you still have more water in it than you do caffeine, right? So yeah. you're still having a net positive in water. Right. And I feel it's within the spirit of the thing. Like if I were to drink uh, 64 ounces of coffee or 64 ounces of beer or something like that, I well, for one, I would be hammered off 64 ounces of beer. But if I were to drink something like that or hot chocolate or whatever, that's not water or soda. I could easily drink 64 ounces of soda in a day. I won't. Um... But like, yeah, that doesn't count. But okay, if I drink hot tea or whatever, I will count that towards my 64. So long as I'm not putting multiple bags in there or something. Because I feel like, like you're saying, this is 20 ounces of water. And then I added a tea bag. If I was adding like, if I had like four ounces of water and then I put something in there that was uh, 12 ounces, had to do math in my head. 
to make a nice round 16, then I'd be cheating. But since this is 20 ounces of water, I'm going to count it. Sure. Not right now, because because it's December 27th, we haven't started yet, and I'm good to go. So like I said, man, 64 ounces of water just seems so... Ugh. See, that's uh, funny that you say that, because it's like, if I don't have at least one mega cup a day, I feel dehydrated. Like, <laughs> I'm so used to just drinking shit tons of water. And I think that's partially from playing sports all my life. So yeah. it's like, you know, I was constantly just guzzling down water. You know, the other part of me is just, I, I don't know, like, I, I mean, your body does need, you know, that kind of liquid and hydration. Like, you will feel unwell without that kind of hydration. And I feel it now. And so, mm-hmm. and I always know it, like, when I haven't drinking enough water or drunk enough water throughout the day. Drink it. I like drinking. We're going with drinking. <laughs> That was like um, my roommate says botten. <laughs> like <laughs> I should have botten something, you know, like or whatever. And so, yeah, I feel like drinking is kind of the same way. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if I haven't drinking enough water in the day, like I feel it and I feel gross. And I'm like, oh, God, the only the only cure is more water. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I concur with you on that. Like I do drink a lot of liquid in a day and not I will have like a can of soda. And usually that's 12 ounces. Uh, or on the weekend when I go out to eat, I'll have like a, uh, I think it's about a 20 ounce when they give you a medium. Not counting that, I still think I get probably anywhere from 30 to 40 ounces of water water uh, a day. Because I also will drink a lot just out of the faucet. I just won't pour a glass. I just, you know, uh, I'm going to take a couple gulps and then wash my hands or whatever. Um, so I, I do drink a decent amount of water a day. Just that when tasked with... 64 ounces of water and then the other stuff i'm like oh that's so much water and water i know there's people who love water uh, love the flavor of it and i'm not going to say water doesn't taste like anything it tastes like water that's the baseline flavor and it tastes good it's very refreshing but just the idea of 64 ounces a day over 365 days because even though we're only tracking this for january you know i know i'm going to be drinking more throughout the year also so, uh, yeah, just that was seemed onerous. So I'm going to count my hot tea or cold tea, but usually I drink it hot. So, yeah. All right. Thank you for solving my ethical quandary. <laughs> what is it et- ethical about it? If it was straight up cheating to count like uh, flavored water or not non-sugar flavored water, let's just say like tea or whatever, then I would feel bad about counting that. Okay. That's my ethics anyway. Like, I, I mean, I want to uh, do this this challenge within the spirit and the letter of of the rules i mean like i guess in that case like if you really wanted to go hardcore about it you would need to look up how much water is actually in it but some people in your group are probably going to have a problem with it but whatever well the good news is this uh no one in the warehouse is no one in the warehouse does anything company related they're the most clock in clock out people i've ever met and i am a very much a clock in clock out person but when we do a thing like we did a virtual paint night which i probably should have mentioned when i was talking about my week uh, and i painted a, a picture of a fox that turned out to be pretty decent i'm gonna give that to my mommy for for christmas nice um yeah yeah uh because she she paints landscapes uh in her retirement and um so i was like here let me show you something that i painted uh but yeah none of them no one in the warehouse does that so nobody uh, that's that's participating in this thing is going to know that I'm counting my tea as water 
unless I, I physically tell them. So I just won't tell anyone. And to be clear, I'll drink 32 ounces of water at home, uh, like of straight up water. That'll, that will get drunk and drunkened throughout the course of the day. So I'm not going to like totally cheat this thing. Uh, just, uh, about, uh, you know, a quarter of it is going to count as stuff. Okay. Well, I have a kind of apt question for you okay. for this week. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's about movies and it's about kids movies, um, which I mean, this movie wasn't really a kid's movie, but it's kind of, I mean, it's on Disney plus. So, yeah. Um, but what part of a kid's movie completely scarred you? I don't know the name of it because uh, if you remember, they would do like the Disney Sunday movie or whatever. And it would always be some kind of movie that you had never heard the name of and would never hear the name of again. Like it was the equivalent of some direct to DVD kind of movie, but we're talking the 1980s. Uh, so there was this one that was oh, a quote unquote horror movie, uh, but it was for kids. So it's really just kind of a spook, general spookum. And there was just something about it that scared the bejesus out of me when I was probably six. And that carried on throughout all of my like young adulthood. Like I would be scared of, do you remember the TV show? Are you afraid of the dark? Yes. Yeah, I was uh, for a long time. And then I think by the time I hit high school, I realized at least are you afraid of the dark? I could handle. Yeah. But the rest, I was just like, yeah, this is scary. So anything really. So uh, the reason I call I, I consider that a kid's movie is because it was on uh, the wonderful world, of, the wonderful world of Disney. Boy, that is not as easy to say as I thought it would be. So it was a children's movie. I just don't remember what it was. I want to think it was called. I want to say it was called The Boogeyman. Uh, but it was the idea of the boogeyman in that movie that just terrified me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why I don't like horror now. So I'm like, I don't want to get scared. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. For me, it was probably when Littlefoot's mom died in um, Land Before Time. <laughs> like, yeah. that whole scene and just everything. Um, also, kind of the same for Lion King, right? Like, when Mufasa dies and um, just, like, any of the Disney movies where the parents die. <laughs> so that's going to be all of them, right. basically. <laughs> But where they actually show the parents dying, yeah. Um, not just have already dead parents, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think like a lot of those really kind of scarred me. Although I like you, um, watched kind of scarier stuff too, like Are You Afraid of the Dark or whatnot mm-hmm. when I was a kid. But I had a TV in my room from the time I was four years old on because they converted one of our living rooms into my bedroom. Oh, lucky. And so I saw Jaws when I was like six. (laughs) And I honestly think that's what scared me most for life. But I mean, it scarred me most for life, but that wasn't a kid's movie. So I could I could for sure see that one because I remember seeing Jaws at a young age, too. I don't remember how old I was. I think maybe now that you're you say it, that's why I've I don't like the ocean. But also now as an adult, I know I'm not going to get eaten by a shark. I just still don't like the ocean. Right. Yeah. Because it scares me because it reminds me of the vast infinite universe and how small I am as a person. Yeah. I was typing just a little bit. I think uh, hopefully none of it got picked up while uh, while I was talking. But the reason I was typing is, do you know how many Land Before Time movies there are now? Oh my god. Uh, I would say 16 to 20. 
You're real close. There are 14. Oh, the wow. most recent of which is 2016's Journey of the Brave. Oh my god. Yeah, no, there's I know. a ton of them. Yeah, they just they just keep pumping them out. Cause, uh, I remember, I'm going to say it's probably when the Great Long Neck Migration came out. Because I was that was 2003 and I was working at Suncoast at the time. We sold a, a DVD box set that had all of them in it up to that point. And oh since god. then, they have done Invasion of the Tiny Sources... The Great Day of the Flyers and Wisdom of Friends, oh, as well as Journey of the Brave. Yeah, there, there's a lot of Land Before Time movies. Yeah, there's a ton. No, I mm. remember someone um, telling me that like a while ago, and I, I l looked it up, and that's why I got even relatively close because, yeah, that <laughs> was it was just so many. I was like, what? <laughs> like, there's no way that they're still good, <laughs> you know? At that, oh, point. I guarantee they're not. Yeah, yeah. and like that's what I don't understand. So, okay. I totally get the idea, especially for a kids movie, of just put it out there. You're you're gonna make your money back. It's a guaranteed thing, so long as it's not absolute trash. But when you do them direct to t to VHS or direct to DVD like that, like I'm sure uh, the big freeze of 2001, I'm sure that was direct to to video. How how do you make any money? Because nobody hears about that. Um, because I mean, like. All the parents, I mean, like, even if it's direct-to-video, right, like, you see them all over Target and Walmart and all that stuff, and, like, the little kids, they just love, you know, Land Before Time characters, or even the parents, right, and they're just like, oh, you know, my kids might like this, and then they get it, and, you know, it's like, kids don't have discerning taste whatsoever, so as long <laughs> as there's cute little characters on screen and, you know, they can watch it, like, they're gonna enjoy it for the most part, so, yeah. depending on how old they are, but. Okay, well, this week, um, we are doing Culture Club, and that means that we either watch, you know, some TV show or a movie or, you know, any of the above. Like <laughs> any of the two, a video game, any of the, play a yeah, video game. no, like I mean, uh, just any anything out there that has to do with pop culture. Yes. Um, and so this week I was actually watching a movie that my roommates just randomly chose, and it was called Eddie the Eagle. And a uh, Nick and I were going to watch Mulan, live action Mulan, that's right, because I also watched that for the first time just um this last week. That might be saved for another time. <laughs> um, but Eddie the Eagle, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, but I, I went into it with absolutely no expectations because I didn't know what the heck it was. So I was like, yeah, Nick, let's switch to Eddie the Eagle because I thought um, he might enjoy that as well. Mm -hmm. And I did. It was a good movie. Um, should I give a, a brief, very brief plot synopsis for anyone who may have not seen it but just wants to know what we're talking about? Yeah, so um, before we do that, if you want to watch it first, now would be a good time to pause, uh, let yourself watch it, and then come back to listen to the rest of the podcast. Yep, and be sure to search for Eddie the Eagle, not as I was searching for originally, Eddie the Echo. Yes. That is a completely different thing. Yeah, is that even a thing? It was, yeah. It was a McDonald's uh, advertising campaign in like the mid to late '90s, where there was a character named Eddie the Echo, and he would his thing is he would just say things twice. So he'd be like, "How you doing? How you doing?" Oh, oh. I remember that campaign. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah, that was a thing. 
Yeah, and that's been in my head for ever since then. The <laughs> other one, this is a completely random aside, that's been in my head for a long time is uh, Taco Bell's Taco Neck Syndrome campaign, where it was a whole bunch of people with their head just kind of tilted to the side, and uh, it was because they ate too many delicious Taco Bell tacos. Oh, right, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My one from Taco Bell is always the good-to-go thing, so I good to go and then they do the hand motion and kind of whatever so i'll do that every now and then i'll be like good to go <laughs> nice yeah anyway all right so go ahead pause watch come back and then otherwise i'm just gonna real quickly launch into a very brief synopsis of this of this film and then we'll, we're gonna talk about it yeah so go yeah i don't know why i pause it's not yeah. like uh yeah <laughs> you yeah. don't need to They're pause the ones. they do <laughs> they're the ones who are pausing all right We'll wait for two hours while they go ahead and do that. Okay, we're back. No, so uh, it opens up in 1970-something or rather with a very, very young little British toddler boy who just really wants to join the uh, the Olympics, except that he has no talent whatsoever. There's a brief montage of all of my favorite. My favorite thing from uh, Survivor is when people fall down and, and bump themselves into something. So this cute little kid, he just falls over a whole bunch of times trying to do things like, uh, I don't know, throwing javelins and doing whatever summer games. Eventually, his dad tells him, look, you're just not good enough, uh, so why don't you become a, a plasterer like me? That's when he sees a ski hill and decides, wait a minute, I know what to do. I'm going to join the Winter Olympics because nobody knows how any of these sports work. So he becomes a skier, uh, does not make the Olympic team because he just doesn't fit the mold of what a British skier looks like. And so that's when he decides there is no, uh, uh, not long jump, that's a, a summer event, what do you call it? Ski jump. There is no ski jump team in Great Britain, so I'm just going to be the ski jump team. He goes on a rollicking adventure through Germany to find out how to become a, uh, a, a, a skier. Barely qualifies after they change the rules to make it so that he can't qualify. He barely qualifies a second time. Finally goes to the Olympics, learns uh, self-confidence, jumps very, very far without breaking himself, and is an inspiration to many and all. Uh, he's trained by Wolverine himself, Hugh Jackman, and wins the the affection, oh, no, not affection, the approval of Christopher Walken, who plays Warren Sharp, the historical uh, skier, teacher, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's basically Eddie the Eagle. And this is all based on a true story. So that's yes. what, I, I really like things that are based on a true story. Um, I like, uh, just kind of like the outlandishness of oh, things yeah. like that, where it's like, wow, this really happened. And um, whatever actor that was, um, I I couldn't remember, but Taron Egerton. Yes, yes, yes. Um, how they modeled him? Oh my God, he looked so perfect to Eddie mm -hmm. the Eagle, the actual person of that time. Uh, in his life, they did such a good job. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end, during the credits, and actually, even a very brief moment uh, during the film itself, they show the actual uh, Michael—I want to call him Michael Eagle—that is a rapper. Uh, the actual Michael Eddie Edwards. Uh, they show him from a distance, uh, like waving at the end and then they show several photos of him uh as he was competing during the credits and yeah he looks very similar and that's a real impressive thing because usually when you get a handsome ass actor like uh taron edgerton edgerton or edgerton i think it's really edgerton 
Taryn E. No, yeah, yes. I think you're right. Edgerton. Uh, when you have a, a, a handsome young lad like that, you pretty up your characters. And now uh, this, they definitely dressed him down. Uh, he's wearing big, thick, uh, uh, what do they call it? What kind of glasses are they when... Uh, Coke bottle? Well, they're... Yeah, Coke bottle, they're for, for being farsighted, not nearsighted. So there you go. That, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's another problem he had to be a uh, an athlete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And I, I, I did some reading, extracurricular reading, because I was curious about the actual uh, Eddie of the Eagle. Of course you did. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> and well, I, well, by extracurricular reading, I mean I went to uh, Wikipedia, typed Eddie Edwards, because at the time I thought his name was Eddie Edwards, uh, that apparently is the name of a wrestler. His name is Michael Edwards, and Eddie is his nickname, along with the Eagle, which is really unfair. I have gone my entire life with no nicknames, and he gets two. Yeah, well, you joined the Olympics based off of, you know, absolutely having no skill but just a whole bunch of heart, and then maybe you'll get a nickname. <laughs> it's true. Uh, maybe then, yeah. But you uh, already have a nickname. Yeah, that's not really the same. That's more of an abbreviation. Eddie is a nickname for him because his, no. his last name is oh Edwards. Oh, my God, Nick. That I know. Punny. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. It's all good. So, anyway, you did some extracurricular reading. Oh, yes. And, uh... Oh, we went on too far of a tangent, and I don't recall what the... Or, I mean, I did you a lot of extracurricular... You it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, now I don't remember the reason Coke it was glasses. Oh, yeah, no, still don't remember the reason it was needed. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Long story short, he's a real person, and his story is mostly the way that it happened in in the in the, the in the film. Well, of course, mostly. they're gonna take some, yeah. you know, entertainment yeah. like extras with it, but. I can't remember what that's called that that's totally liberties. liberties thank you i was like that's yeah. totally escaping me right now um <laughs> but yeah no honestly i thoroughly enjoyed that movie i had a big yeah. giant goofy grin on my face the entirety <laughs> of the movie and whenever i would tune in to what my face was doing i was always just massively grinning at like a total goofball and it uh, or like, you know, happy tears were streaming down my face or whatever. It was just a really good, feel-good movie. Because it had humor to it because of, you know, his kind of like punk rock kind of instructor in Wolverine. and Who never wears a jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and stole his sunglasses. And he was kind of a rock star ski jumper who was never going to mount to anything beyond what he had already done because he just couldn't be instructed according to, you know, um, Warren Sharp and all these things. And But then Warren Sharp at the end is like, you know, you did a good job and gave him an <laughs> attaboy and kind of thing. And But yeah, there were just, there were so many moments where I just, I found myself laughing, crying happy tears, goofy smiling, and that was like all throughout the movie, right? Like there was just mm -hmm. really good, feel good, fun moments, or like when he's training and he's trying to teach him how to fly, basically, and he's holding him <laughs> up like um, dirty dancing, you know? Like, I loved that. Yeah, like doing all the lifts constantly over and over again i was like oh my god or when they're talking about um the release of uh, oh yeah 
and thinking about Bo Derek and kind of, you know, like making that a thing and just all the different <laughs> things, you know, like um, there were just so many good little fun moments in the movie. And it's not like it. Yeah. Like it's not like you're saying it's not like an excellent movie or anything. It's not going to win any awards, I'm sure. But it was just a really good, solid, feel good movie. And it's like you need you need things like that. Like the what made this work so well is that it is the sports movie template, right? To the right. T. Like you have a person who has no particular talent but has drive and ambition. That's basically the the whole, whole plot lot of, Rudy. of heart. Yeah. Yeah, whole lot of heart. And like at the very, very end, you know, the one person who never actually teases him is that uh uh that Finnish uh person because he's Matty. an actual real life Matty, yeah, because he's a real life person. The rest of them were uh, composite characters who didn't actually exist. So you could have them say things like that. But uh, Matty was alive at the time. He apparently just died recently of um, pneumonia or something. So, oh, yeah, okay. unfortunately, wow. like 2019. Uh, yeah. It, 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 yeah, unfortunately. But hey, the yeah. fact that he's real is pretty impressive. He's apparently one of the greatest uh, skiers of all time. But I had never heard of him. And that just kind of goes to show the fact that, like, Skiing is one of those things that skiers know everything about other skiers, but uh, non-skiers, mm, yeah, it's a well, very small pond. Well, especially ski jumpers, right? Yeah. Like, that's like a very, very niche part of skiing. I actually yeah. met, so when I was in, um, I don't even remember his name, but I have a picture with him. Uh, when we had our big family reunion in Utah, we went to Park City and did all like the Olympic Village stuff that you can do. He was actually practicing at their ski jumps in Park City. And so there there were Olympic team members who were practicing uh, when we were there. And so we got a picture with them and they were all Olympic ski jumpers. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think uh, ski jumping is I mean, OK, they use ski jumping in this movie because that's what he did. But that works out perfectly for a movie like this, because ski jumping is all about learning how to land. That's all you got to do. And like, if you know how to land at, uh, at four, was it the 40 meter was the second one that he was doing. If you know how to land on the 40, then you know how to land on the 70. And then if you know how to land on the 70, then you know how to land on the, on the 90. The only thing that really changes as you scale up is the danger element. Like, like right, the, the price speed, of failure. Yeah. The speed and height that you go. And so therefore yeah. the, the landing can be harsher if you do fuck up. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like um, tightrope walking. If you're doing walking a tightrope, oh fundamentally, there's no, well, there's fundamentally no difference between walking a tightrope two feet off the ground, 20 feet off the ground, and 200 feet off the ground. It's still the same technique. It's just that if you mess up on a two-foot one, it's like, oh, darn. If you mess up on a 200-feet one, oh, very much darn. Yeah. So you just have to be more diligent about your technique and so you work your way up there but ultimately what you're doing is basically the same now i'm sure any olympic skiers listening to this are going to say like oh no there's a huge difference between how you land in a 90 versus how you land in a 40 and you know what or they Maybe might there not is. who knows yeah. or they may <laughs> not but also you know what the movie says that they're the same so screw you um <laughs> movies are but, always right get movies it right, are always olympians right. <laughs> yeah you're not that hot. you think you're special no but no i mean what what made this so good as a as a sports movie is that because ultimately the only real difference is the stakes 
he just you could show your main character is a brave uh, and kind-hearted person and he's just going at it through sheer enthusiasm and joy of the sport and so that makes a much more sympathetic person uh yeah and uh uh yeah yeah and apparently you know in all in all reality he was he is apparently to this day still the sixth most successful british uh ski jumper of all time that's cool i mean granted there hasn't been a lot of olympics since then because i mean it was yeah. still it was what in the 80s that he was in the olympics or the 90s uh 1988 in calgary 88 that's right yeah um yeah so i mean there haven't been like a ton of olympics since then but yeah true like <laughs> and also that every single uh british skier or ski jumper since him has beaten him because he came in dead last the the second to last place person had 110 points and he himself had a score of 57 and a half points so he finished less than half of the second worst person and i'm sorry never say second worst person every single one of them is going to be 10,000 times better than me so I, I don't want it to sound like I'm I'm <laughs> he only got 57 points. Like, so yeah, I would have gotten zero. I would have broken my neck and died and then probably shit myself. So I am in no <laughs> way trying to, you know what I mean? But I mean, that's the thing. It's like he went there and just did it for the love of the thing. He had no particular talent. And unfortunately, he never qualified for any Olympics ever since then. But that's partly because they had to institute the Eddie the Eagle rule, which stated that, uh, Olympic hopefuls have to compete in international events and be placed in the top 30% or the top 50 competitors, whichever is fewer. So they artificially based him out of this. You know what I mean? They, they right. said you can essentially you can never do it again because you are a complete amateur, which is a frustrating thing to me because I have a very complicated relationship with the Olympics. I want to like them. I don't because maybe it's just because here in America, every single Olympian has the most scientific training and the most uh, advanced diet and all that kind of stuff. So essentially well, there are professionals. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays back then I liked it. I, I liked it more granted, you know, uh, in 1988, I was six years old. So I was a little bit more uh, Pollyanna ish and wide eyed and thought, wow, every single one of these people is the greatest at their sport and they're doing it just for the love of the sport. And it's like, no, I mean here in the U S you get a lot of money if you're an Olympic swimmer which compared to like if you live in let's just say i don't know uh czech republic where they don't have a whole lot of money to spare i mean it's a wealthy industrialized country but they don't have a whole lot of money to spare on like a swim team so you're not going to see a whole lot of and i'm just picking on them randomly you're not going to see a whole lot of czech republic swimmers you're not going to see a lot of swimmers from outer mongolia or whatever and so it's just frustrating to me that like we're not actually seeing necessarily the best in the world we're seeing the people who are able to compete in the Olympics because they have the the wealth to and, and their the backing of their country to do that. Eddie the mm, Eagle That's well, not in totally general. true. Yeah, because I mean they that that's the whole thing about it is they can't be pro people, I thought. Like, well, it, that may have changed recently, didn't it? It but, more or less did because like professional hockey players get to go to the Olympics, professional basketball players get to go to the Olympics, right. uh, professional soccer players. It's just that for a lot of these sports like fencing, I mean, there is a professional circuit for fencing, but it's not like the top fencer in the world is living, you know, well, I guess they are probably making a lot of money, but you know what I mean? They're not 
signing $140 million contracts the way a relief pitcher for the Oakland A's will. Sure. There are actually some sports out there like that, though, or some even games out there like that, though. I mean, you would think that they're not making that much money, and you'd be fucking surprised how much money they're <laughs> making. Like, they're just, There's some really niche things out there where they make like a shit ton of money for crazy stuff. But yeah, I can mostly get behind what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the idea. I mean, like, I'm sure if I were to look into it more, I would be less conflicted about the, the Olympics. But to me, it's just a little bit frustrating to see, like, A, Eagle had to come up with a loophole just to get into the games, right? Like, they hadn't, the reason they had to add this new rule for, you know, the top 50 or top 30% competitors, whichever is fewer, is because in the words of the movie itself, they haven't changed the the what's the word I'm looking for? The approval process? The process to get in? Oh my god, words are escaping All me fires. too. Thank All you. Fine. Yeah. You are a human thesaurus and I appreciate it. <laughs> but I wasn't earlier. You saved me earlier with liberties, so. If you were in the land before time, you would be a thesaurus. <laughs> uh you know, yeah, they they had to change the qualifiers because in the movie itself, they say they haven't uh, updated the rules since 1952. So all you have to do, or I'm sorry, not since 1952, in 52 years. So since World War II, uh, they have not changed the, the way you get into this game. Um, so all you had to do was qualify. You just had to compete in one, one yeah. like qualifying tournament or whatever, like tw- yeah. qualifying match and... He had to have a recorded qualifying jump. Yeah, and that's all that he did. And then they changed the rules. And then he beat the rules that were changed. And now there's this. But that's the thing is he had to figure out a way to get in there. It's like you and I, we could have all the heart in the world. We're never going to be Olympic athletes. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it, that's that's my, my sort of frustration with the Olympics. Now, like I said, I'm sure maybe there isn't that. And also... I just don't have any talents. So, you know, there is that too. Like, I, I have not one athletic bone in my body, except for one bone, if you get what I'm saying. No. Yeah, sorry. Um, just no. No, you don't get it? Let me, oh. No, I'm just oh, okay, getting okay. the water squirt bottle and squirting you. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. So that's that's my, my level of conflict. That said, though, I did a little bit of a deep dive, and would you like to hear some, uh, events that are no longer in the Olympics that maybe we could have participated in if they would bring them back? Ah, yeah, we could do kind of like a do you think you could (laughs) kind of thing. But real quick before you do that, because I think that would be fun. So professionals have only been allowed in the game since 1986, by the way. I looked that up, so... Yeah. And that, is that all sports or is that just like the big... It says each sport of the Olympic Games. Okay. So yes, all. All sports that are in the Olympics. They have been allowed, professionals have been allowed since 1986. Okay, so what are these sports that we could potentially have competed in? Okay, well, uh, back in the original uh, Olympics, uh, as proposed by De Coubertin, who they quote in the uh, the movie here, you had architecture. What? Yeah, architecture was in the Olympics. What do you mean architecture was in the Olympics? Architecture, basically, you just, uh, everyone built buildings and then architecture jug, like, not like, you know, skyscrapers or anything. But originally, they were, uh, also, there were cultural games. So, for example, like we said, architecture, they also had, um, it was, uh, oration. So, <laughs> who could give the best speech? 
I believe poetry was also one. But if we want to get into real sports here, you've got tug of war. Okay. That that's that would be a very very good one. I always sucked at tug of war, so no. And also <laughs> oration, no, because we already saw that I can't grasp at words. <laughs> Uh, architecture, no, because I have no creative ability in that sense. So what else is there? <laughs> uh, standing high jump. Standing high jump. Oh, yeah, because that's they changed how to do the high jump. Again, no. Oh, no. This So this is a completely separate sport. This is you doing the high jump, but from a standing position. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the record was like uh, four feet. Because this was literally just you would stand in place and then just kind of like jump as high as you could. Right. Yeah. Uh, we had oh, lacrosse. That's no longer one. I thought that was for a long time. But lacrosse, the national sport of the national uh, summer sport, I should say, of Canada is no longer in the Olympics. I always thought it was. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, rugby union. Okay, sure. Wait, what? Uh, rugby union. So rugby. Uh, but it's a so I don't. Rugby's not in the Olympics? Rugby Sevens is. I would oh, have to okay. ask my friend Steve what the difference between Rugby Union and Rugby Sevens is, but I think possibly I think Union has more players on the field at once. Oh, Probably. I'm sorry. That makes sense. On the pitch at once. Croquet? Oh, croquet. I could do yeah, we... some bomb-ass croquet. That's yeah. what I could maybe compete in. <laughs> See, there you go. Uh, water motorsports. Now, here's the interesting thing about water motorsports. What year do you think it was di uh, discontinued? 1970. Something, right? Something. Like, whatever yeah. year was a... Because we don't know what years were Olympic years and that. Well, I guess we could backfigure it from 1988, so 76 and 72. No, no, no. That So that is what you and I, as normal people, would imagine is when motorsports, water motorsports exited the Olympics. The only time it has been in the Olympics is 1908. What? I know, right? I'm going to see if I can... Hopefully it doesn't just... Yeah, water motorsports at the 1908 Summer Olympics. Okay. They had motorboat racing, power boating, and motorboats, and that was it. The gold medal winner was Emile Thurbron of France. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wow, there were two... Okay, maybe that's why. Participating nations, you had... France and Great Britain. So okay. <laughs> there are only two countries that decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna compete in this event. So yeah, I think that's probably why it didn't go much further than that. Uh and do you know what's coming if we do Olympics in 2024, which we will, this pandemic will be over by then. Do you know what new sport is going to be in those uh summer are they Olympics? finally adding League of Legends or video gaming? Boy, they really should. That would be They've talked about that for a long time, but they honestly they should because people used to think the same thing about the um was it the X Games were like, oh well it's, it's not real sports. Why would you add that? And now X Games are not only in the Olympics, they are some of the most uh uh popular games of the Olympics. Uh but no, uh breakdancing will be added to the twenty twenty four uh Olympic roster. Okay. Talk about things that we could never do. Uh, that's one of them for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Well, I say I'm looking forward to it, but I'm mainly looking forward to it because I think that'll be really cool for people who are into breakdancing. I am not into breakdancing. <laughs> I just look at it and think I would break every bone in my body if I broke that dance. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah, that will be so cool. So there we go. 
So overall, would you recommend this movie? Oh, 100% for sure. Sorry to talk over you with that, but that's just how enthusiastic I am about uh, uh, recommending it. And like I said early on, I like the fact that this is just a movie that you can sit and watch and enjoy, and you're going to feel things during it. I really miss movies of this type that are moderate budget, uh, but they're just a feel-good kind of thing. Like, it's not a triple-A blockbuster tentpole movie, like $200 million uh, blockbuster. I like the fact that it's just a small little thing. It was a lot of fun. Hugh Jackman was very good in it. Taron Edgerton, couldn't think of his name. He was amazing, because that guy actually, I know it's going to sound kind of corny, he was like, that's a guy who can act. Uh, he acts very, very well. I liked him. He was very yeah. lovable. Well, and I, I think this is, like, that type of movie that I just truly enjoy. Like, all, mm-hmm. almost all of my top movies of all time are feel-good movies like this. Because that's what I go to watch a movie for. It's this escape kind of thing. It's to mm-hmm. feel better, generally, about my life. And just kind of, like, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of escape from real world. And just kind of enjoy and get enthralled in whatever it is. And... So I think this movie was fantastic for that very reason. So go watch it, people. Watch this. Watch other sports movies. Sports movies make you feel good. Even if you're not a sports fan, who doesn't love the idea of someone working really hard and succeeding? Right. Yeah. So I'm Classy. And I'm Nick. Signing off and hoping you have a good tomorrow and take care of each other. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NOTLG.com.